Oh, welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, the 1st of November. Remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. Might as well be us. Eh, some days, not yesterday for me. Um, I never like it when I when I have 20 max and don't have a sweat for anything, you know, going into the last game. And I just didn't have, I mean, you know, that Cleveland game went pretty wrong for everybody. And, and my pivots were fine, but I just, I didn't have a, real chance at the top spot after the first game on a three-game slate, and it's just like, hate that, man. That's why I don't like three-gamers. You can always pivot to something in a 10-gamer. or th- Well, 13's also a bit much. Um, there's just so much value, right? So it's a little tough to say on the, a slate like this. I'll, I'll give you my weird rules, my weird changes and stuff, the places where I'm getting different. Obviously, you probably are aware of the slate to an extent. You're aware of the value plays for probably Clippers, probably Portland, probably Nets, some Detroit, just the way they're, you know, pricing Alsar the same every night, even though he's getting infinity minutes. So there's some pretty obvious stuff. Um, Just, yeah, the Alsar minutes are misprojected. Currently in Saberson, the Davion minutes are misprojected. We already heard he's the starter for tonight for Sacramento. So I don't know what's going on there. They must have missed that. Um, Anybody else misprojected just badly? Everything else, no, Jalen Green. Jalen Green got 38 minutes. This should be a competitive game. I mean, let's see, Miami. Charlotte, yeah, it's a up-tempo game against Charlotte. Love Jalen Green. He's being underprojected for like 32, 33 minutes based on averaging blowouts, not blowouts. You don't care about when it's a blowout. Those are dead money anyway. So you want to average only the the bump of his you know distribution that is he hits. So that's why I've done that quite like that. Um, so yeah, my, my chalk plays or my uh, core plays, Shaden Sharp, Jalen Johnson, D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Green, Bones Highland, all these guys, extremely elevated opportunities, um, and should hit, uh, yeah, so that's pretty obvious. I, I guess D'Angelo Russell's the one in this, that's a little bit, maybe not got a specific case for it. And that's just generally his usage in this offense this year. I, and I also do have a rule in over here. So that's one of my rules. Gabe closes over D'Lo. So I have a split already. There's going to be some Gabe Vincent lineups down here in the case where Gabe Vincent closes over D'Lo 5% of the time. I'm covered there as well. So that's just the kind of thing you want to do. If you can think of a situation and you're pretty sure that situation holds, you build it in. So for me, here's a couple of them that are new. Max two of three of the Minnesota Bigs. This is how I'm going to handle it. I didn't like, I had a specific like um, go bear foul trouble rule or something, but that's not exactly what goes on there. We know what goes on in the Minnesota rotation. And what happens is Nas Reed gets more minutes. If either Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns gets in foul trouble, and if they don't, they could both smash, right? There's, there's no no rule saying that Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert can't both smash in a game if they both don't get in foul trouble. So I like this group rule of no more than two of Towns, Gobert, and Reed, because it's possible for any two of that combination to smash, but it's not possible for all three. So that's the kind of like when you're building a rule, make sure you're considering all the weird edge cases. I think that rule works. Sound off in the chat. Oh, also, you should follow up. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, you should follow us on um, the Discord because there's so much late news in the NBA. At least make sure you have something set up for that. It doesn't have to be us, but make sure you've got your late news handled and your late swaps handled for the NBA. You need to be considering a late swap every 30 minutes on a slate like this. You must see every starter. You must see how every starter changes the projection. In the case that you've done custom projection like this, that's very dangerous if we get a weird starter, right? I have to know every weird starter on this 13-gamer. I'm confident I will just because that's like what I spend all day thinking about. But 
if you're not confident in that, don't mess around with the numbers. Only mess around with numbers when you're confident you know what's there. Like I know, why is Okongwu even higher boosted than average? That's because I'm considering the Capella foul trouble fork. There's a chance that either Capella or Okongwu gets those minutes, not both, right? So that's where you build in a fork, Mitchell Robinson and Hartenstein. Both of those guys could smash. Did I make a lot of almost like the top prize tonight with Hartenstein? Yes. Was there a problem with every one of those lineups? Also, yes. But I'm telling you that foul trouble fork was so clutch. And it's not just foul trouble, right? They sometimes just choose to close with Hartenstein. If Mitchell Robinson's playing bad or whatever, or Hartenstein's being assertive, they like the way he's playing at the top of the key. So I think at 0.1%, backup centers are always a fun play. The other one that I chickened out of last night, Bassey, who got massively extended with Collins' um, foul trouble. I don't actually know if he smashed or not because I didn't have him in any of my lineups after I late swapped off of him because all the lineups that had him were already smashing due to Hartenstein foul trouble or Hartenstein getting to play. So anyway, the, late swapping, you can't can't have a memory about it. You did what was best in the circumstance. Your lineup that was doing well, you didn't want to take another risk with a backup center that once one already hit. So anyway, uh, the other weird rule for tonight, max one Sacramento shooting guard. Don't care who starts. I do think Davion Mitchell will be much higher owned than in this current projection. I don't understand what's going on there. Um, and that the pivot off that is Malik Monk. So today we have a direct pivot situation where Monk is like a more attractive choice in a vacuum. He has higher ownership here where they're projecting Fox in, I think. I mean, I don't know why they are, but no, they're still they're projecting him out, but they're not projecting. I don't know what's going on with the projections for um, Davion. That it's way too low to me. 21, maybe they got him 21 points in 30 minutes. Is that what's going on? Yeah, in 30 minutes. I just don't think his usage is going to be that low. I mean, let's, all right. This, we had this exact situation last year. Anytime you had the situation last year, you just go Sacramento. This is Court IQ on Roto Grinders. You can just Google it. You go to last season and see when Fox was out, how did Davion do? I presume that's where they've chosen these usages from, but I want to make sure. So with off the court, where's Fox, Fox, Fox? There he is right in the middle of the second row. Select players. You check the change in usage. Davion 26. Okay. I have him a little high. Uh, 28 is a little high. You can expect 26. So anyway, that this, you know, when you have a disagreement and you're not, you know, you're not so confident in your exact rank ordering or whatever, that's when you go to court IQ. You try to ex extrapolate. Obviously, there's a background built in amount of minutes per game, etc. But with Fox out, Sabonis should be projected for 50. Do we have Sabonis projected for 50? As long as we're here, I think he's a little low. We have him way under 50, right? Where is he even on this list? Have we hit Sabonis yet? We have not even hit what? Hold on. I must just be scrolling. Sabonis. Okay, he's above 50. All right, good. I was like, I don't know what's going on with why I'm not seeing him here. He's right there. And you got to have some with Fox out, right? I mean, I have to build in some amount of Sabonis with Fox out. I don't. There's a lot of good mid-range mid plays. That's why I'm not getting there right now. But I have to build that in. Just that's such a good. I can't. Unknown upside in a game. Well, Golden State. Golden State. Okay. Okay. Talking myself off of it with Golden State because it could turn into a blowout. Although, I don't know. I'm not convinced Golden State has like blowout Sacramento, even with Fox out uh, levels of. All right. Let me get five to 15% probably for Sabonis still. I don't really love the um, price point. Uh, other rules over here. Pull, Pertle foul trouble is no. So this is with Achua out. I guess I should probably clarify for myself for later. Achua out. Oh. Achua. Achua out. Out. Uh, because in that case, most of the minutes we know go to Boucher. 
Um, and we'll have to build this rule back when it is with a Chua in because that will go to a Chua instead. Um, okay, so every time I've broken the optimizer by changing the projection, I also limit the amount that I allow the optimizer to take. So when I see a situation like this and it's breaking the optimizer to go after my ridiculous number, I can just change it by either going back or adding more to uniques. Do I have any more rules? No, no more rules. You don't do, do not do any sort of like dupes consideration on the slate. Do not leave money on the table. Maximum $200. That is enough wiggle room, enough tonight. Do not be, you're getting too creative, too clever. There's 13 games, there's infinity players. There's a lot of spots to find some value. Look at all this value. Look at all this value. We're parsing Bones Highland, Jalen Johnson, uh, centers that hit, Lonnie Walker Jr., Alsar Thompson, uh, backup point guards, uh, Shaden Sharp if he starts. I don't know what this Trenton Wadford thing is. I loved him the other night, but why would you project him to play when he hasn't played yet? I mean, I'd love to project him to play. It, okay, let's check out Dayron. What are they projecting for Dayron? So so here's the here's what they're probably thinking. They're playing against Miami, so they're thinking you can't go small ball against Bam. Who's the backup for Bam? Is he also big? I don't think so. Uh, hold on. I have my rule over here. Do I have my Bam Bam foul trouble rule? Is that going to be how I do it? No, no Bam Bam foul trouble rule. Oh, it's um. Is it still Yurt? Is Yurt still there? No, I guess he's not the backup. Well, I'll figure out who the Miami backup is, and uh, yeah, may want to do something with that. But my, you get my point. There's a ton of value. You got your – I haven't even gotten to Isaiah Stewart and D'Angelo Russell level values. Dorian Finney-Smith is a fine value. Jalen Williams is a fine value. Mitchell Robinson is a fine value if he can stay out of foul trouble. Jeremy Grant is a fine value in that offense. Who knows – about the upside for Scoot Henderson, Malik Monk, if he starts hitting his shots, Malcolm Brogdon, if he's, so that's my point. You can't leave money on the table. Any one of these things I just said, rapid fire, which hopefully you didn't hear all of them because it's a lot to listen to. I'm sorry if you were listening 1.5 speed and all of a sudden they talk really fast. I know I, I listened to all my podcasts 2X, but um, so I guess my general point here is do not leave money on the table. Do not get clever. Be efficient. This is an efficient slate. Whenever there's 13, I mean, like, it's honestly fine. If you're building one lineup and you want all of the all of the lineups in your pool to be fully efficient, you can go to 49.9. You could make a minimum of 50,000. I just think that's too little wiggle room. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we've got level differences here. And we, and we want to allow to be able to search for level differences for a couple hundred dollars. I just don't think we're going to get a level difference. I mean, I guess I should have done a contest review at the top. There's just so much to talk about on today's basketball slate. I didn't think we would have time to do a contest review on top of it. Did we have a 13-gamer before? We did. Let's do it. Um, uh, let's see how long this takes to actually load. If it takes too long, we'll go back and talk about the slate a little bit. But I think a contest review is definitely valuable. Come on, dude. You know who I am. I'm on this site all the time. <sighs> well... It's not even going to log me in. I don't know where we're going to go. Fine. It's it's loading. It's loading. Okay. So let's go back to the last time we had a 13 gamer, which was like last week on what? Like uh, Friday? Wasn't there an 11 gamer? Uh, did we have a better better sample, like an actual 13 gamer? Keep editing. Uh, like on Monday, 11 gamer. Tuesday, 3 gamer. Tuesday before that was the 2 gamer. Wednesday. 
12 gamer. All right. So 12 gamers closest we got to 13 gamer in our recent history. Just going to check out the contest. Just going to show you what I mean about the salaries of the winning lineups. Thank you, by the way, to Saberson for making this like a one minute decision. All right. I should see how not just my lineups did, but how all the lineups did. So I go to the contest sizes. I see great. I have the and ones, but let's look at the real people because I don't really want to necessarily copy all of the $1 players. I want to copy $15 players who are going after the big prize. And now I am one of the $1 players. I'm not saying we're all bad. I'm just saying we're obviously building a bankroll, not doing this as the absolute nuts thing in our life. So 499, 499, it's outside of the price range. So I'm telling you, don't play around. Don't play around with your salary. You're not going to get there. You're not going to get to the top. Doesn't matter who smashes or how. All right. So that's it. And this was on, uh, yeah, uh, slate a while ago. But that, that specific slate doesn't matter, right? The actual thing that happened, aside from the number of people who were in the, the comp contest, the type of, and the number of different um, choices you had. All you knew a priori is all you knew. You don't care what actually happened. If it was big, big Max Bruce Day, obviously I don't care what actually happened as I have Haywood Highsmith in the shot. But, you know, I don't. I mean, like, I got that for fun, but really I, I'm happy with myself and my play and the way that the uniques worked out that day. And I'm glad he hit the shots, whatever. But you can you you can control all you can control, right? And so, yeah, on a night like last night where it's a three-gamer, who cares? Like whenever something terrible goes terrible, whatever. That's totally fine. Um, I have backup centers as the best values on today's slate for what it's worth. Uh, doubt that's going to hold, but I think it might be true. I mean, I, you know, it's it's going to be sneaky too. Like, uh, so think about those backup centers. If you want to have a little sprinkle, I think. So, by the way, let me define my regions. I did this in the Discord for somebody, but... When I say a little sprinkle or GPP, what I mean for my purposes is I'm putting like a five to 15% range on the guy, like minimum five, max 15, uh, a posteriori after the Saberson thing has run, because if you do it beforehand, it gives it too much of this like situation where it thinks it can't do it. It still can. It's just too hard for it to think about it as it's doing it, you know? So you want to be minimal with your max and mins when you start, but have in mind um, what your ranges are. So your what my ranges are, GPP was 5 to 15. 10 to 30 is kind of like a solid piece for cash or GPP. You just know he's probably going to hit his 5x value with a 6 or 7x upside. And then you got your core pieces, the clear misprices, the people who, depending on how mispriced, you can let him go up to 65, 80%, even on a 15 gamer, whatever this is, a 13 gamer. I will be letting some of these plays, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Green, Bones Highland, the ones that I believe in, I'm still taking a 60% stand on on these, this slate. Currently, we'll see if it goes above 50. I do think 50 is probably enough of a stand on a, on a, this 13 gamer. You just don't know what's going to happen. You want to have a little sprinkle around. And for me, by the way, it would get lower. If I did 150, this is for my sample of actual 20 that I'm going to put out there. But if I was doing 150 instead of a max of 50%, my max would be more like 35%. That's like I'd be more conservative be, just because you have so many lineups. You want to be able to hit on this. That's like you want your advantage as a 150 maxer to be in the tail where you get all of the little bench plays right, every one of these little rules right. So you don't care as much. You want to just match. You're matching a lot of, of things. So that's why I would be uh, more prone to match because nobody nobody has owned 50%, right? Jalen Johnson, biggest owned play of the slate at 30%. Bones, 
these will number one change and number two are not that good. That's not the, uh, the ownerships are not the pride and joy, I would say of SaberSim right now, just because they're small, they're small compared to stochastic and the other ones. So it's easy if you have a larger sample of what everybody's going to do to say what everybody's going to do, because you already know. But anyway, so I don't really hold it against them. I just do think if I had all the money in the world and didn't care about efficiency at all, I would probably pipe in stochastic ownerships, but these are good enough. These are like order of magnitude, right? It is true that Jalen Johnson and Bones Highland with the information they know right now, let's go ahead and update this. It has been an hour since I started prepping the slate. Oh, NBA, man. It's just ugh. so much to do with an NBA slate. Um, Yeah, I did. Did they actually update it? It should tell me that 732. No, no updates at all. So that's it. I've said, I've said what I got to say. You can uh, have heard it. Um, play, play the chalk. Don't ever fade chalk on a slate like this. There's good chalk. You match it. That's all there is on a slate. Doncic and Jokic are fine too. But I just don't think, I think the reason we're not getting there, they're very low owned right now is because obviously they're priced correctly. Like they're up above 11 and 12 because yeah, 12,000. Giannis too. I mean, like it's tough to get to any of those top guys, especially when Shea could get to 60 himself, right? At like 10. So you know, and some of these other guys could push for that too, and at less than 10. So, yeah, I think I definitely am favoring a balanced build. You can see here, I only got 25% any kind of studs right now. Um, I, that makes sense. There's a ton of good mid range plays. I think that's how you get there tonight. Plus, I don't know, are these eh, Jokic, Doncic? Don, Doncic, I probably get to more of him if, um, if Kyrie's out, just because I think we have a sample of them together last year on Court IQ. I'll check it out later. Either way, I would boost him to be the obvious best value of the slate. And then I would probably pivot to having a little bit more of him if we had value, right? So Chicago should be like a 5, 530 game. Oh, wait, Dallas for either way. They're both central zone games. So you'll have to wait a little bit for that news. It could be great if we get Kyrie out late. Then you want to be on Doncic. You want to be on him like 15, 20, 30% because that's going to be his optimal percent. And he's going to be way, way, way under owned. You're going to have 14 to 50, 20, 30%, like free leverage of people just who didn't have the room, couldn't get there. So anyway, that's my uh, spiel for the day. Remember you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it. Someone's got to win that money. Might as well be us.